Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another beautiful day. Hopefully, wherever you are, the sun is shining. If not, allow the sun to shine within yourself. Speaking of you, how many of you feel that you just are blocked, you can't move forward, you have some incredible dreams, some ideas, and yet to be able to get yourself moving or to be focused on your goals or your career, you just feel stuck. Many of us have been there, and it's a challenge. However, there are ways to move you from point A to all the way to point Z, and my guest today is going to help you figure that out. He is Michael Lyons, and... Set Yourself Free. This is his book. Michael Lyons is an acclaimed professional speaker, author, and actor. He was on my Power Your Life TV show. And his new book, which I'm holding in my hands right now, Set Yourself Free, Daydream It, Believe It, Achieve It, Achieve It, excuse me. It's a call to action to people, to you, everywhere, who aren't fulfilling your potential who may feel stuck and even unsure as to what to do about it to move forward. Using his own life experiences and stories from other well-known people, Mike's book outlines tangible and achievable steps to position you to pursue goals that are seemingly, seemingly, that's a big word here, outside of your grasp. Mike started acting from a very young age in Paris, working with legends such as Audrey Hepburn, William Holden, and Tony Curtis. He continued his acting career through high school and college in the U.S. until he graduated from the University of Notre Dame. Then he spent 40 years in senior-level management worlds, working with Cigna, Global Events Partners, and EGR International. However, in 1990... Mike resurrected his dormant acting career, and we're lucky that he did, amassing dozens of credits in major films, television shows, commercials, commercials, corporate videos, print ads, and over 350 live appearances on the home shopping network, QVC, as a product host. Welcome, Mike Lyons. How are you? Well, thank you, Joanne. It's great to be on the show. I'm very excited to have a chance to talk with you and to our audience about some of these exciting things that I have mentioned in my book. So thank you for having me on the show today. My pleasure. And I do have this book right in front of me, as I said. Um, You know, it's important, Mike, because a lot of people have beautiful, grandiose ideas, and yet they don't know what to do with them. They don't. They feel stuck, and so they, they kind of feel 
mutable in some ways. And, and this book is an answer to that. And I know you have a story because not only stories from other people, but a story from yourself, but you know, about yourself that, that really kind of awakened your, your abilities and your potential. Do you mind sharing that with our listeners? Sure, I'm very happy to. In fact, this story goes all the way back to when I was a child. I was living in suburban Philadelphia, and my dad walked in one day and said, we're moving to Paris, France. And, of course, that took us all for a little bit of a surprise. And his intent was to expose us to a totally different environment, uh, country, culture, language. And we moved over there for three years, and it was while I was over in France as a youngster, 10, 11 years old, that I was introduced to acting just kind of by chance and ended up doing some uh, commercials and a couple of uh, movie roles and things, and that's what gave me the acting bug. came back to the United States in 1963, and I started uh, appearing in all of the high school musicals and shows, and it was my full intent to go into acting as a profession, but as we all know, kind of, life kind of gets in the way of things. And uh, right after I graduated from college, I met my wife, uh, gladly and happily. And we got married, and off I went into the business world. And I had to put aside this whole daydream that I'd had of being an actor. Until 1990, 27 years ago, here I was deeply enmeshed in my business career, living in Connecticut, working in New York City, when I realized that in five years, all three of my children were going to be in college at the same time, and I hadn't wow. saved up any money. So I realized that um, I needed to figure out a way to, to uh, get the college fund going, and I knew that they cast television commercials in New York City. And I said to my wife, you know what, I, I'm just going to dust off my acting, and I'm going to go make some commercials. And she kind of said, well, good luck with that. You're not the first one that's thought of that. <laughs> And uh, so sure enough, it took me a good year of getting door slammed on my face in New York uh, and being told no, no, no over and over again. And just before I was about to give up, an agent took a chance on me and I was able to land a national television commercial for Honey Bunches of Oats Cereal, which allowed me to join Screen Actors Guild. And then from there, I was able to make an Advil commercial and a number of other commercials. I was on All My Children. And did an awful lot of jobs while I held on to my day job because you need to keep the day job so that the money is flowing in on a regular basis. But I guess the main message that I want to get across to the audience and what I talk about in the book is because I was focused on eventually getting back into that because I was passionate about it, I never gave up that daydream. And so all through the course of my career, uh, in the hospitality industry, I was always thinking ahead to, well, one of these days I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing and I'm going to get into the things that I really want to do. And that is what this book is all about because you're right. You had mentioned that we have obstacles and we come up with excuses and we procrastinate and we find reasons why we can't do things. And the culmination of all this for me was a few years ago I was working in a job and I wanted to leave and go off and do my own thing. I'd wanted to be a professional speaker. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a singer because I've been singing all of my life. And so I walked into my wife and I said, honey, uh, that's it. I'm done. And so at age 63, three years ago, I walked away from a high-paying job, jumped out of the plane without a parachute, hoping that I'd figure out a way to figure out how to make one on the way down, 
and I haven't looked back since. And the good news is that I've been working steadily as an actor on shows like House of Cards and What Would You Do and uh, Veep and Outsiders, and I have also been not only speaking across the United States but also abroad to a number of professional groups. And, in fact, this very morning I spoke to uh, my alma mater high school in front of about 1,000 students. So I'm getting out there and doing that. I'm doing a Frank Sinatra tribute show, and, and I've written the book. So the message of the book, Joanne, is that there's no reason why people can't pursue their daydreams regardless of how old they are or regardless of their life situation. And in the book I mention a number of people that we can all relate to, like Oprah Winfrey and J.K. Rowling and Richard Branson, all of whom had very, very rough starts to their careers and in fact, J.K. Rowling, who famously wrote Harry Potter, was depressed and on welfare and had a little baby and was divorced when she finally got her break with Harry Potter. So uh, the book talks about all these things, and it talks about overcoming some of these obstacles and how we get past the, the, the paralysis of fear and excuses and making the right choices, etc. And it's so true because many of us, like I said, go through that, and you're right. In the book, you talk about dreams versus daydreams, and there is a distinction that you make. Can you can you share that, Mike, for for our listeners? Well, sure. I, and I think that we, what I, what I say in the book in that chapter is, we all overuse this word dreams in our society. You know, we hear and talk about dreams all the time: the house of our dreams, the car of our dreams, our dream job. But do we really dream about those things? Usually not. I think when we all go to bed each night, we don't know what we're going to dream about, and we end up having these strange dreams filled with uh, lots of different things that don't make any sense. But what I know we all do is we daydream. So I think it's more apt to call this term daydream because when we're sitting in a boring meeting or we're driving our car, we tend to wander off into this happy place and fantasize about, gee, I, I wish I could open that little dance studio I've been daydreaming about or I wish I could write a book, or I wish I could open that woodworking shop, or a restaurant, or change careers, or what have you. We all daydream about those things, and yet many times that's where it stops. We just stop on a dime and then snap ourselves back to reality, and we don't pursue it because of all the naysayers out there, all the negative influences around us, the people that are telling us can't instead of can. And I you think know, that's another message. Right, and it's not just the people. It's also our inner minds that sometimes stop us, that say we can't do it or we don't deserve it or or we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and saying, well, look what he's doing or look what she's doing. How can I ever achieve something like that? So I think, like you said, it, it's other people's messages, but it's also the messages that – that we tell ourselves. Many people, and, and like you said, you know, people want to do something, act, or, or write a book. And I've heard so many people say, Joanne, I, I have this book in me, and, there, and, and, and boy, I could write a book about this experience. And there's always something in my head, and I don't usually say it aloud. And, this, and, the, and it's like, well, why don't you? Why don't you? So so a lot of what your book is about helping us get free and helping us get past that. I, I know I could write a book or I've got a book inside of me or have a, an acting career or whatever, and, and yet they don't take that step. What do you do, and, and a lot of that's in your book, Mike, what do you do with, to help people conquer that nasty little procrastination that can 
take somebody from like a point of standing still to living out their daydream? Well, the book, you're right, uh, has um, each chapter is a progression. So we start off with the fear factor. We're all afraid of taking risks and failing. So that's the first thing that gets in our way is, I'm not going to do it because if I fail, then, then I'm, I'm going to be uh, looked at um, and laughed at, and, and uh, I don't want to fail and look like I failed. So that's the first thing. And then, of course, we all tend to make excuses. It's so easy to just make an excuse about everything on why we haven't been able to do something, and we don't make the right choices. You have to make – there's always a, a good choice and a bad choice. And when you make a good choice and you stick with it and you follow through on it, then it helps you to get away from that, that paralysis that we tend to have. And, of course, you're right. Everybody procrastinates. I procrastinate. We all do. We put things off until tomorrow. So a lot of this just boils down to you have to come up, first of all, with your little plan, and you have to write it down. You have to say, I'm going to make a change in my life, and I'm going to write that change out, and I'm going to put a timeline on it. And whether it's a year or six months or two years or three years, and you say, I'm going to change careers or I'm going to reinvent what I'm doing or I'm going to get out of the bad relationship that I'm in or any of those things that we want to change in our lives, we have to put a timeline on that, and then we have to put some kind of a plan together, and then we have to follow that plan. I contend that if we are passionate about something and we want to do something like I was with my acting and my speaking career then you will be motivated every day to do something towards that goal. I know I was. So you get up every day for 15, 20 minutes, a half hour. On the weekends, you spend a little more time. All of those things are geared towards advancing your plan so that when you finally get to that date that you've established, that stake that you put in the ground, that you'll be able to then move forward in, the, in that new career or, or doing whatever it was you set out to do. So you have to break it down into, into small daily tasks. I remember sitting on the couch a couple of years ago watching the Netflix show House of Cards with my wife. And I was looking at all the politicians on the show, and I just turned to my wife and I said, I'm going to get on that show because I felt that I could be on that show uh, as a politician. And she just looked at me and she smiled and she said, I don't, I don't doubt it. But from that <laughs> point, from that thought that I had, to actually getting on the show and playing the Speaker of the House on House of Cards takes tasks. I found out who the casting director was there in Baltimore. I started communicating with them. I finally got myself in a position to go down to Baltimore and get an audition. And that first year, I didn't get the job of Speaker of the House, but I got a role as a senator. And then the next year, I got called back, and I won the role of the Speaker of the House. So the point is, you can't just think about, oh, I'd like to be on House of Cards, you have to take action to get there. You can't just sit on your couch thinking somebody's going to knock on my door and say, hey, we'd like you to be on the show. That's not going to happen. I totally agree. And um, I was working with a client, and, and this is about being able to do something and, and holding on to something to do it at the last minute. I was working with a client who does just that. I mean, she has a deadline. And at that month, the night before or even a couple of hours before that deadline is done, she gets up the, the energy and the speed and, and maybe even the focus, Mike, to do that. However, it takes a toll. I mean, I remember doing that when I was in college, which, you know, you cram for an exam or you stay up all night and you, you pull an all-nighter to write that 
that paper that's due, and then you turn it in the next day and you go to sleep for a few hours. But as we move forward and get older, that kind of thinking, that kind of action takes its toll on our bodies and our minds. So what you're saying is so important. We really have to not just save it for the last minute. I know that there's a jolt that happens with a lot of people, like a lot of caffeine, but but if you're working and you emphasize this, if you're working on something that's, that's really a dream or daydream and you're excited about it, it, that's the momentum, that's the passion that you say that actually catapults us to the dream by doing those, or daydream as you call it, by doing those significant steps that we have to take to get to that final destination. So I think those people that are that are waiting for the last minute because it's a, a charge and they remember doing it or that's how it works, think about the longevity of your health and your bodies because we can't withstand, at least from my experience, we can't, working you know with health issues with people and myself, we can't withstand that over a long yep. period of time, right? I think you bring up a very important point here, and that is health. Three years ago, when I made this decision, my blood pressure was up there, my my standing heart rate was high, and I realized that my health was being impacted by the situation that I was in. And so by doing what I did, which was to walk away from the job, to go off and do the things that I loved and I was passionate about, today my blood pressure is in check my health is very, very good. I feel like I'm 35 years old. I'm, I'm very energized every day when I get up. And so I think that you, you change your whole mental state when you're able to go do the things that you want to do. I always like to say to people that you need to find the intersection between skills and passion. So, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, I want to I run a four-minute mile and, and not have the skill set or the ability to do that. Uh, or anything else that you can think of where you, you just simply aren't good at that. So if you are good at something and you have the skill sets and the competencies and you marry that with your passion, then I think you're unstoppable. Because I really I really do believe that God would not have given us daydreams if he didn't also give us the ability to fulfill them. So if you can marry the passion with your skill sets and you find that you want to be something else or do something else in your life, you are unstoppable. There's no reason that you should be uh, stopped by anybody to fulfill that goal. I totally agree with you because I've been doing that with my passion. And, and, and you know, it's okay, and I want, I want our listeners to hear this, Mike. It's okay that maybe you do reach a point where there is a failure, but it's not a life sentence. <laughs> and many people, they they fail at something, even if it's at their dream and maybe, or their daydream, and maybe it's because they need to add something to it or shift it in some way rather than totally giving up on it. And you talk about that a little bit in your book too. And I think that's um, that's essential that people just don't quit. Because if you, you know, oftentimes, and this is this is being corroborated too in in history, many people who've been at their last their last finances or their last whatever, their, yet they did not stop because they were so close to their dream, and eventually, 
it materialized. But those people who said, you know what, I can't do it. Look at this. This happened. This is in the way or whatever. Those people missed out. So how do you how do people differentiate from how to continue on this path of, of you know skill set and passion and and daydream? Well, I think the first thing is you mentioned something very good here. In the book, I do have a couple of examples of people that failed many times over, and we all know the famous stories of Abraham Lincoln and um, of of some other famous people like Disney who failed, and uh, Thomas Edison, who failed more times than we can count. And yet you, you still have to have that resilience to be able to keep coming back off the mat and, and standing back up again and saying, you know, I'm not done. And, and what you have to do, therefore, is to surround yourself with positive influencers and, and people. And that's what this show is all about, power your life. You read books. You listen to good speakers. You surround yourself with role models and mentors and positive people who are going to feed into your daydream and are going to help you and support you and give you that confidence that you need to keep on going in spite of the setbacks that inevitably all of us will face. I tried to write a sitcom 15 years ago. I dropped out of my job. My wife supported us for 18 months. I was hell-bent on selling this sitcom that I had this idea for. I wrote it. I worked on it. I went to Hollywood a couple times. I absolutely believed that this, this was going to be a great show. I tried it. It didn't work. I didn't die. I kept going. I started a new <laughs> business. So I have tried four or five entrepreneurial businesses over my career on the side, and uh, three or four of them failed. Only one of them really was successful. So you have to understand that it's just not a one-trick a one, uh, pony. It's not a one-time thing. Expect that we're going to fail at certain things. That's just life. But what you do from those failures to pick yourself back up and keep on going and keep focused on the prize, the end goal, that's what's going to make the difference. And you know what? That's so true and that's so key. More Heaven, because Every Child is Special, was written, the first draft, Mike, and was written like 20-plus years ago, but it was ahead of its time. And so it got rejected and nobody was ready for it. And today it's an international bestseller. So it's like, not, like you said, it's not about giving up. And if it's something that you believe in, you pursue it. Or if it's something that, does, that doesn't seem to be the right thing, do what, what Mike did. Do what you do and, and move on to something else. And, and, again, you're still living within the context of your daydreams and, and your passion and it's really helping you. And not only is it helping you, it helps other people. So we have a sure. question. I'm willing to take a question from um, one of the listeners, and she just gives these initials, PC. So PC, thanks for this question. And it's like you talk about um, moving forward with your daydream, but what if you have to work and, and, and your work your work that you don't really like occupies a lot of your time? How do you how do you do it? How do you how do you get to, well, to create it's, it's that a, daydream? Yeah, it's a great question. So clearly there are a lot of people out there that are working more than one job, two jobs, just to get by and support their family or what have you and they have daydreams and they just can't seem to carve out the time because they have all these obligations. And so I, w I would simply say that if you're able to, 
in that spare time that you do have available, and it may only be a few minutes every day, that you, that you spend five, ten minutes towards that goal and that, you, and that that accumulates. These are just baby steps on your way to your end goal, and it may take a year or two or three years to get there, but you have to stay focused on that, on that prize, and you have to visualize and feel what it's going to be like when you get there and how happy you're going to be when you achieve that. And I look at, you know, just to, to take an example of J.K. Rowling. Do you know when J.K. Rowling did finally finish, and she was, she was a depressed person, she finished Harry Potter and she sent it off to 25 publishing houses. She was very vulnerable and fragile, but she did have this manuscript and so when she sent it off to the 25 publishing houses, how many do you think were excited and interested about this Harry Potter? Zero. Nobody. Can you imagine all these professional publishing houses with all these experts? Not one of them saw uh, Harry Potter as a, as a book. And yet she persisted. She was down and out from that. That was like a big slap in the face. She persisted, and eventually Scholastic Books uh, the president read the first chapter and gave it to his, his eight-year-old daughter. She devoured it and said, where's the rest of it? And they're the ones that <laughs> signed her. So that's a great story in terms of you get knocked down. And, and, um, and just to close the circle on this uh, person's question, you have to just find some time wherever you can, a little bit here, a little bit there. And it's like saving pennies in a jar. It does accumulate. And eventually you're going to fill that jar with all the things that you need to move on to that goal and get out, get away from what you're currently doing. I totally support that. And the person put it, yeah, uh, thank you. Okay, good. Um, it, I think that's so important. And yet oftentimes people don't make that, that room for that. I work with a client who has three kids and she get and she's, she loves to write. That's been her passion since she's been a little girl. And she's writing this this incredible book right now. But she doesn't. You know, she's got three kids, and she also has a full time job. She's a she's a single parent, and she's getting up early in the morning, Mike, like at five o'clock in the morning, to spend just forty five minutes to an hour to write it. Because then she's got to get her kids up and get their right. lunches ready. And but she's making the time, Joanne, to feed her passion. That's what she needs I to do. Know. And, and, Mike, today she has over 55 pages. So that's, that's your point is that if you stick to it and you said, it, you know, even that little bit, that saving for paying the pennies or that saving time really grows. It accumulates. And lo and behold, you have a book or whatever else you want to do. And I think yep. that's. That you know, that's key. You talk. There's about another great. There's another great example, Joanne, and that is, you know, you think about Olympic athletes. These are the world's best athletes, you know, for in, in all the sports you can think of. They don't just start practicing a month before they go to the Olympics. They've been practicing for years and years and years through injuries and ups and downs, and heartache and and finishing out of the money at certain tournaments, etc. But here's the one thing that they do: they they focus on what it's going to feel like when they get that medal put around their neck at the Olympics. That's what drives them every single day through the pain, through the practices, through the ups and the downs. They stay laser focused on that end goal. I'm going to stand on that podium and get that medal placed around my neck. 
That's what we all have to do. We all have to visualize in our own way what does our gold medal podium look like to us? What is that end goal? And that's what we have to stay laser-focused on. How are we going to feel when we reach that? The day that my book came out, which had been on my bucket list for a long time, I felt great because I had visualized opening the box with those books and pulling that first book out of the box. I could picture that a year ago when I started the book. You have to stay focused visually in your mind at the end prize. You know, it's important because I've been teaching that for many, many years. And it's, and like you said, it's not just the vision. And many people say, well, I can't see it. You don't have to see it. You can feel it. There are many. We all have different ways that our, that our senses operate. But the key piece to this, because I've done workshops on this, the key piece to this, like you say, Mike, is the feeling to act as if, despite what your current reality looks like, despite what the, you didn't have that book even published yet or finished yet, and yet you were believing it and seeing it and experiencing the wonder, the excitement, the, the enthusiasm, the happiness when, when all of this was done. So that's key. Where I have an important question because many people you talk about taking responsibility, which I think, Mike, is so important. But many people, and, and I, I work with a few clients who say, oh, it's it, it, my husband, you know, it's my husband that did this, or, or it's my employer, or or my parents. And, and it's oftentimes it's a way, and that doesn't mean that people haven't contributed, but it doesn't, it doesn't, alleviate the fact that, that that they have to take a look at what their relationship is to what the, the situation or whatever. So let's talk about that because many people would rather blame Harry and Jane than, than to really take a look at themselves. It's not easy to, to do that internal look. It isn't easy. And, and I think all too often – one of the things that I mention in the book is at the end of the book, um, there there have been a number of people that on their deathbed have said, gee, if I had to do all over again, my regrets are that I wasn't the one that made the decisions and choices. I allowed other people in my life to do that for me, and I wish I could go back and change that. And mm -hmm. so I think that we have kids, we have spouses, we have significant others, we have parents, we have a lot of people in our lives that are uh, at times controlling what we're doing or trying to control what we're doing. And we just have to take ownership of our own lives and look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I am responsible for me. And I'm getting all of this noise from all of these other people in my life. Some of it's hopefully good noise, but, but some of it's bad noise. And you have to filter that out and you have to follow what you know instinctively, intuitively is, is where you need to go in order to get to what you need to do for your life. So that is hard to do. I know there's a lot of complicated situations out there uh, with people's relationships and family relationships, but sometimes you just have to break away from it and, and follow your heart. I love that. It's so true. And, and again, it's about really taking that look at, at yourself. But what happens if people don't take that level of responsibility? What, 
how do how can we sh- help them shift and so that they're not looking at and listening to everybody out there or blaming everyone out there for their so-called failures or, and an inability to focus or their procrastination how do they how do we get them to say okay th- you know this this is up to me well i think there's there's lots of tools and resources and support systems and shows like this Power Your Life radio station, and there, there's there's thousands of of uh, resources out there available to, particularly with the the internet now, where people can turn to, and classes and other support that can help them understand the way and wh- what is the road. And to me, again, it goes back to this whole thing uh, I mentioned in the book about you have the the can't side of the equation and you have the can side of the equation. It always seems like we get pushed into the can't side, that people surround us and say, well, you can't do that, rather than you can do that. So if you have a bunch of family members or people that you're, you're hanging out with that are all on that can't side, that's not a healthy situation. So you have to make a change to try to get more of the people that are on the can side that are going to support you and be your cheerleaders and work with you and help you and encourage you. And when you get that kind of confidence that you draw from them, it gives you some of that strength to be able to overcome some of the negativity that's coming from the other side. You know, that's so important. And I'm just going to share a quick personal story because I was working as an executive director, a very cushy job, and they they did a change in terms of the, the president and the CEO that I reported to, and every, and it got Everything was different, and I decided to go out on my own and pursue my coaching career and consulting career and writing career, and I knew that if I told my mother and I told my family that they would say, what are you doing? You're leaving this cushy job with a lot of money. So I purposely did not tell them. I had to give about a month and a half notice because it was a big job. I did not tell them until I was like, three and a half weeks into my resignation notice where they couldn't say, what are you doing? You're crazy or whatever. And so sometimes you have to do that. And, and they didn't get it for several years. They, they thought I was crazy. Maybe I am a little bit, but, but it's again, pursuing those daydreams that are so important. You have a great chapter. And this chapter, I think it is one of the pivotal chapters that I love in the book and that I think is so important in terms of of shifting how we look at ourselves. And it's a chapter that's called The Brand of You. Great name for the chapter and so important. Can you explain what you mean by that, Mike? Well, sure. Whether we know it or not or recognize it or not, every single one of us is a personal brand. We're no different. When, When you look at all the corporate brands that are out there, Nike, Apple, Starbucks, thousands of them, of course, that we interact with every single day. All of those brands are built and protected in order to make sure that people perceive them in a positive light. But we have to do the same thing as individuals. Because personal happiness and success in your chosen field of work go hand in hand. And how you manage your personal brand, and I I like to call it the brand of you, directly influences both of those. And this is probably, when I go out as a speaker, that's probably the subject that I speak the most about. 
because it resonates with everybody. And the main message is I tell people, you have to be aware of your brand every day and how you project and polish that brand goes a long way in determining the degree of success in your life. So there's a lot of different uh, parts of your brand, and it's, it's, first of all, your personality and, and how you treat people and how you behave every day and how you dress and how you carry yourself, uh, whether you're ethical. All of those things come into play, but the bottom line is your brand, when you go out in the world and have interactions with you, other human beings every day, it's always on display. So every single interaction you have counts. And your day-to-day behaviors are what shape the perception of you. So when when you meet somebody for the first time, you're already making an impression of them. And then from there, you have an opportunity to enhance and improve that perception of you or, unfortunately, in some cases where people start to think that your brand is not a good one. So we have to be aware of it. We have to work on it. We have to, to be honest and, and we have to be forthright and we have to make good decisions. Our work habits have to be strong and, you know, because people are going to be judging us on all of those things. And I talk a little bit about even our body language is so critically important. When you see people slumping around and, and, and sitting there in a slouchy situation, uh, uh, you, you know, you realize that their body language is sending off this signal, whereas when you walk in a room and you see people that are that are confident and standing with their shoulders back and the way that they carry themselves, you just get the impression, well, these people, they have a good brand. So we have to be cognizant of things like our posture and our body language and and everything that makes up this, this brand of you. And that's why I spent a lot of time in the book talking about it because when we go out there, all of those things relate directly back to our degree of happiness in our life, and and are we getting to where we want to be? Well, if we're not, maybe part of that is because we're not working on our brand enough, that we have to continuously polish and, and improve that brand on a day-to-day basis, no different than any other corporate brand that we know are constantly improving their brand. You know, it's it's amazing because I remember years ago when somebody said that that you have to think of yourself as a brand. It it totally shifted my way of thinking, and that's why this is so pivotal that you have this in the book, Mike. Because we do it, it's part of recognizing that that we have to see ourselves. We want to move forward in our daydreams, and and we want to be be profitable, and and so we have to look at ourselves in in somewhat of a business sense, and you beautifully outline the steps to do so. We only have a few minutes, so before you tell people how to get this wonderful book, set yourself free, daydream it, believe it, and achieve it, can you just give our listeners one or two tips that, that they can walk away with today? This is chock full of a lot of stuff, but, but just just a couple of reminders from what we've been talking about. Sure. I think if I had to put it in a, in a summary, that I would say the best way to predict your future is to create it. So, in other words, our lives are in our own hands. We live in this wonderful free country. We can get in a car tomorrow and drive to California if we wanted to. Nobody's going to stop us. We can go apply for a job. Nobody's going to stop us. We we really have that freedom to pursue the things, the daydreams that we're interested in pursuing. But it takes hard work. 
you have to be disciplined. You have to have that focus. You have to be determined and have perseverance, and you have to have a never-give-up positive attitude. You've got to have all those things working for you, and if you don't have that, begin to develop that. Work on those things, because if you've got those going for you and you have your passion and your daydreams and the things that you want to do in front of you and you just haven't gotten there yet, then you've got to go through all the individual steps of, of lining up your timeline and your plan to get there and just do it in baby steps every single day, a little bit today, a little bit tomorrow, and stay on track. This book hopefully will help you do that. Wonderful, Mike. That's great. So tell people how they can get a hold of the book, set yourself yep. free, how they could contact you and all that good stuff. Sure. So the book is available on Amazon. So if you were to go on Amazon and either type in Michael J. Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S, you'll see Set Yourself Free come up, or you can type in Set Yourself Free, and it'll also come up. Um, so it's available on Amazon. It's available on barnesandnoble.com. Uh, it's also available on Outskirts Press, who published it. My uh, personal website for anybody that would want to contact me directly, and I encourage anyone that has any further questions that we couldn't cover on the show today, I'm happy to speak to you. My website is www.lionsspeaker.com. So that's L-Y-O-N-S-S-P-E-A-K-E-R.com, lionsspeaker.com. And all my contact information, email, phone number, everything is right there. Uh, as well as more information on the book and uh, some of my other backgrounds. So I want to thank you, Joanne, for having me as a guest, and I hope that uh, your listeners uh, were able to glean a little bit of uh, hopeful information or uh, were inspired to take action on their daydreams. Mike, thank you so much. I think what you have to offer people is important, and I look forward to doing more with you. And have a blessed day. And good luck to all of the wonderful stuff that you're doing helping people. Thank you. And thank you to all those listeners out there. Good night and have a good day. Bye-bye. Take care, Mike. Next week, we are shifting gears. And March 29th, we have Kerry Morgan who is a holistic lifestyle mentor and the founder of the 21st Century Blueprint. I'm not going to give you any more information about what that blueprint is because you're going to find out next week. And if you've missed Michael Lyons today and his book, Set Yourself Free, Daydream It, Believe It, and Achieve It, you can go to Blog Talk Radio, Power Your Life, or my website and find out more about it. We're always posting about the shows, and Michael is somebody that I consider special. Like I said, he's been on my, my other show, my Power Your Life TV show that's on hiatus for just a little bit before we refocus it, and so much more. And Mike said that, remember, this show is called Power Your Life. For a reason and he talked about ways that you can actually move past the procrastination past the fear past the naysayers to really live your daydreams and make them very real so remember today even just one small step what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take one step to power that daydream one step to power your life because that one step 
can lead you to the next step and the next step and the next step. And you heard all those stories about people that really stayed focused to finally reach their intended destination. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to doc, D-O-C, white, W-H-I-T-E dot org. Find me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. And of course, Joanne at docwhite.org. We love to hear what you're interested in. And remember, you have that choice to power your life. Let me know how you're doing it and have a blessed day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.